Welcome to another episode of Cider, Beer, and Fear. I'm Audrey, and I drink the cider. I'm Kelly, and I drink the beer. And we're here to talk about beer. She missed you up. <laughs> yeah, you totally messed me up. You yeah. went down and up and all over the place. I don't know what you were just doing right there. It was called harmonizing. So for those craziness. of you who said Kelly was messing it up this time, you win. No, I was doing it up over here. I don't know. I don't know if it was better on my end or her end. Probably not my end. Not probably, end. probably pretty bad on your end. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's worse on the listener's end. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of listener at listener's end, I have a story for you. Oh, yay. Yeah. Well, I, I shouldn't say a story. I should say I have a story about a story. I was going to say I was like a good listener's end story. And then I was like. Wait a second. That can mean so many different things. So many different things. I don't like all listener end stories. <laughs> well, I had a kind of an interesting, I had an interesting day the other day. I decided I was going to watch the black film, which came out in 2021 officially, but I really, really had been wanting to see it for like a while. And so I finally watched it. Did you know that it was based on a short story written by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son? No. Yes. What? There's a shock that that kid could probably write. Yes, but it was, it's a really good short story. And the short story was actually created in 2004. So this movie wasn't done How until old is his son? 2021. I, you know what? That's a great question. He's like, look. I've been an accountant for the last 12 years. I think I'm going to write this short story. See what happens. <laughs> Boom, it's a movie. I mean, he's considered an American uh, writer. I oh, mean, he's 50 years old. As I said, he's done it a minute. He looks a lot like Stephen King. Like, he's definitely his son. Like, plain and simple. Gosh, I hope he's got a lot of the same styles because Stephen King can't live forever, even though I want him to. If he finds a little box <laughs> or whatever, go with it. But, um,. Yeah. Well, he did. So what's cool. amazing about the story, it wasn't exact. So the movie. <laughs> he doesn't really have a kid. He's just reincarnating as this yeah, guy. He's just, he's just working it in like vampires do occasionally. That's funny. Sorry. Go on. That's funny. Okay. No. Yes. I don't know. Tabitha King was his, his mother. So I, I don't know if that helps anything. That's his anyway, wife. Yes. Yeah, so, um, anyway. So he wrote this short story. And basically, it was about a, a boy who had been kidnapped and could listen to, um, like, could talk to the victims over this phone in the basement. And in a sense, I think he kind of made it so that it was, like, his imagination to try to make, like, make sense of his situation, his, his surroundings and stuff. Um, and so this movie, when it came out, in 2021 with Ethan Hawke as uh, the main actor, which obviously, or the kidnapper, I should say. But it was a really, 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 really good film. I mean, the camera work was amazing. The story that they elaborated on was really well done. Um, and, and technically, Joe had taken uh, his inspiration from... Um, kidnappers such as like John Wayne Gacy. I mean, that was kind of where he pulled his influence from for the story. And the story is, is very interesting. Basically a kidnapper wears, uh, he performs magic and he uses black balloons to kidnap the children and he knocks them out, takes them back to his place, puts them in a basement and he plays a game with them. And basically the game is like, 
naughty are you a naughty boy and basically he creates scenarios for the the kids to get away and if the kid tries to get away he beats them until they're bloody into a pulp like that's basically the storyline and this kid is down in this basement with a black phone and it it looks like one of those um uh dial like the the my gosh the rotor phones right is the rotary phone yeah which i i loved having a rotary phone when i was younger it was not so much fun not love it you dialed the number wrong you had to start start all all over I remember that. Um, but it was it was basically a rotary phone on on the ceiling and he thought maybe it was actually working. Well, it's not. It's it's completely like like disconnected from the wall. And you see like the line. But he starts getting these phone calls from the other victims. And slowly the other victims are telling them what they did and he builds upon each scenario, right? Doesn't go play the game. He's very good. He Multiple times he could have gotten away. At one point, he, the kidnapper falls asleep and he, like, contemplates if he should try to go at that point, which he does. But because he doesn't know the code, he has to go back downstairs. So it's, like, this whole amazing story. And um, I won't give away, like, the ending, but I really, really, really highly suggest everybody go and watch this film. Because the way it's done is so beautifully done and it's reminiscent of Sinister. So if you've seen Sinister, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite films, um, the way that they do the ghost children and stuff, it's, it's just amazing. So yes, I would suggest going and seeing this film, which made me think of different kidnapping stories that are like, you know, throughout the years. And one of the most famous kidnapper stories is actually the Lindbergh baby, which was back in 1932. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, that's still one people talk about, the Lindbergh baby. Yeah, and it always is very interesting because there's so many conspiracy theories about the Lindbergh baby, right? They believe that they basically sold the child. Um, They believe that something happened to the baby and they just made up a story. They did end up arresting Richard Hampton. um, And and that was like, that was kind of like a huge story. And the the child was found like five miles away from their home. I mean, can you imagine just five miles like between you and finding your children? Like that's crazy to me. That's insane. But he did send multiple ransom notes. Basically it seemed like he just wanted money. Um, The sad part is, is that, you know, two months later is when they discovered everything. So I just think, I think it's fascinating. The, that people are so deranged that they can do something so horrible because they in their life have experienced such trauma that they don't know how to handle it. So instead they take it out on those smaller than them, regardless of how much smaller than them they are. Damn it. (laughs) So I think it's just really fascinating. I mean, the definition of a kidnapper is the taking away or transportation of a person against the person's will usually to hold the person with false imprisonment and confinement without legal authority. And, you know, sometimes it's done for ransom. Sometimes it's done for other reasons, but typically, typically it's a ransom. Yeah. And, uh, this occurs. Well, you in, almost hope. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, because you hope that you're going to, there's get a them back. control yeah. to get them back. Yeah. Right. Right. Because if there is no con, con- 
contact, it's a lot harder to find them. And they do state, and kidnapping can happen happen with with children, it can happen with adults. There was a story of a woman who was kidnapped, and the kidnapper laid out clues for the people. They called them and said, go to this address, and you'll find the next clue, right? They went to that address or that location. They didn't see the clue. So that that person ended up dying because they couldn't figure out the couldn't clues. figure out the clue. And the kidnapper wasn't in contact with them because this like, was at a time where right? it had to play escape rooms. Like <laughs> this is not hard. Well, this is at a time where um they only used like there was no mobile phones, right? right? And so they called them at home, told them to go to like a park and to look for their next clue. Well, they went there, but they couldn't find it. It was actually posted on a sign, but it had fallen down. And so because it had fallen down, they didn't see it. And when they went back days later, they found it. And they waited days to go back and try again? No, they went back a few times, but they hadn't, they just didn't realize that's what it was. And so they, the, the kidnapper had given a certain time period. They said, by tomorrow morning, if you do not, you know, find us or whatever do not bring the money following the clues your family member is going to die and they did and so it's really really sad because it's it was one of those situations where you wouldn't think and i they panicked too the kidnapper panicked because he was like where are they like why aren't they here i know i gave them the information they couldn't call him back he wasn't going to call them so it was a very like chaotic situation which is why like it's so crazy to me that you can have all the information and still not the lack of control. Right. I, I, I will, I get that. Um, because being a child of the eighties, we were just realizing that strangers were dangerous and we needed to be careful. And it was, um, definitely not an era of a helicopter parent. Like, it was still like we didn't have cell phones. We just disappeared for the day. And if we didn't come back at a certain time, then our parents would worry. Right. But I mean, it was something that that um, was in the forefront of our brain until we started ha- hearing stories. Right. Um, one of the stories that was really big at the time is the story of Stephen. Um, there's a movie called My Name is, I Know My Name is Stephen, which is an actual like acted out of the story of him so like it's a lot more accurate it's a lot more accurate um it happened very close to where my family grew up and it was a coastal in the coastal town of mendocino area Mm -hmm. um mendocino county um so i mean it was a very like familiar story it was how did this happen out here where this kid was kidnapped right um my brother when we were younger, we're at a store called Kmart. It was the right. Walmart of the Kmart. of the eighties. Except you weren't proud that you got it at Kmart. You were like, "Oh, I got this at Kmart for only five dollars." You were like, "Oh That's God, like if anybody lots. else is wearing this damn shirt that I got at Kmart for five dollars, I'm tearing it off and throwing it away." They'll know. Um, it just it was just a thing, but um, but there's a whole documentary right now about the whole situation called captive audience. Mm -hmm. It is such a good true crime documentary because this kid is kidnapped. He's kidnapped. I think at like age 11, eight, 11 years old. 
And then 10 years later, he escapes. And I don't even know if it's 10 years later. It might even be like seven, eight years later. He escapes. The guy let him go to high school. Like, told him his parents didn't love him anymore. That's why they sold him. Yeah. Like, everything. Like, oh, we tried yeah. to call him. We tried to get you to go back home. They said it's been easier without you. And I totally brainwashed this poor kid yeah. into thinking he didn't have a home. And he didn't realize there was an issue until they brought another kid into the house. And he saw what was going on. And mm -hmm. so before it could get bad with that other kid, he climbed out the window with the kid in the middle of the night and walked miles in the forest. And we're talking like forest to get back to a road and then continue to walk another three miles into town. They, I mean, they really, the truck, the, the hike that they did was crazy and he was known as a hero because he saved this little boy yeah. his family was happy to have him back um his older brother never quite deals with the the spotlight his brother is getting in this mm -hmm. and um unfortunately there's more stuff the whole documentary just makes you so mad at, like yeah my generation in general um but the poor brother was just so distraught about not making his mark that later on in life he's the one that murdered those yosemite girls while they were on vacation the wow. mom and the two daughters that was him because and of his ordeal because, not because i don't think it's because most people wouldn't react that way i think because he was jealous and had his own mental dis functions and right. he was angry and instead of getting help he just got worse and became a monster and he decided that he wanted to be well known for something too so he kidnapped three people and, and killed them That's so fun. i mean it's a it's a really really odd documentary to watch but i would say you know watch it because it does get you in the brain of how these people are thinking mm -hmm. because of my name is steven my brother was um at the kmark and he we like to hide in the clothes and scare our parents yeah that's that was a fun funny thing right to do when you were a kid yeah well my dad turned around and steven was gone he was just shopping there with steven he thought maybe he went in the clothes and he looked and he realized no he'd lost my brother and he was like my wife's gonna kill me that's immediately what he thought my wife is going to kill me right well, my brother's story, when we got home, he doesn't remember any of this because he was very little and he does not have a childhood memory trigger at all. Mm -hmm. um, and he uh, was escorted to the front door and the guy that was escorting him said, I think your parents are in the parking lot. And my brother was like, mm -hmm. uh, nope. no. And he was like, kind of four years old, three, four years old. And he, we always said, go to, the, my mom always told us, go to the person with the money. Go to the cash register, look for the money. Yeah. And um, he went to the cash register and told the lady that he was lost and then did not share the story of what happened until he got home. And somebody oh literally just tried to take him. And um, I think that that's what we told my daughter when she was younger is go to the person with the money. Not the person with the badge. Nope. Person with the money. 
person with the money, go to a register, go to the person with the money. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll call. They're not going to sneak you under the counter. I mean, they're working. They don't have time wow. to kidnap you. Like, right. <laughs> right. They're going to call and do a voiceover. And, it can be yeah. some freaky security guard who's buying soda. looks like he works there. Like, no, go to the, wow. go to the people with the money. Well, usually people who are kidnapping fall into three categories. Typically it's either for financial gain extremism or emotional disturbance so they're emotionally disturbed so who who's even to say like what state of mind that man was in i mean he could have been thinking any of those things but then again you were shopping at kmart so not the big money pool (laughs) that you think it would be yeah (laughs) but what i do think is people need to be super cautious because i know that especially lately um you know young women walking to their car have kids they're by themselves you need to be very, very on alert because there have been so many different instances of people following people to parking lots, following people through the stores, you know, just waiting for that moment where they can. Well, and I have another story for children. you. Yeah, tell me. Uh, and this is a good self-defense story because this ended really well. Um, I worked at a business where we made a lot of copies and flyers. And um, I worked in a part of town where there is a rash of women being, young women being just. Yeah taken and it's terrifying um and it happened to somebody i know i'm not gonna give details to protect her but her story is such it's one that people should know um she was walking from work um she worked at a gym and she was walking to her car Mm -hmm. it was dusk like just turning headlights on kind of dusk yeah and she didn't have a security guard walking her out. She didn't have anybody walking her out because it really was a very, it's a decent neighborhood. And there was a lot of people in the parking lot. It didn't even kind of occur to her. Um, as she was walking to her car, she was getting into it when somebody started to grab her and pull her out of the car. She took wow. her arms and like a vice, wrapped it around the steering wheel, locked her arms. And he pulled and pulled and threatened her and... Did all the things that they do to try to get you yeah. out of that car. Well, she looked over and the guy was much bigger than her. But she just locked her arms in and he was not moving her. And she sees this car coming up and she thinks it's a security guard coming to help her. So she started to loosen up her grip. But then her brain was like, wait, I don't know that. Yeah. And she tightened it back up again. And it turns out it was his friend who the car that he was going to drag her to when he pulled up and the friend was getting out to help when the security guard at that point heard her screaming and stuff and rushed over to figure out what was going on. Never go to a second scene. She stayed right where she needed to stay. No matter what they threatened, do not go to a second scene. I would rather be shot in the parking lot. Yep. Then go to a second scene where nobody will know where I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's and heartbreaking. Right. That's the thing you have to deal with. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's a very good point. And just reminding people of being on alert about their surroundings, using whatever is in your immediate reach to your advantage, whether it be locking your arms on a steering wheel, which is amazing. I would have never thought yeah. to do that. Um, you know, always remember to, if you are for some reason abducted, telling them your name, telling them your, your things about you, 
you need to humanize yourself like is very important um See, I always hear that, and I don't. You, it depends you hope. on the situation. You really hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on the situation. Yeah. If if they are, um, if they're extremists, or if they're yeah. of some type of just mental disturb, some people you can not reason with, but you can lessen the situation. Um, don't escalate it, but make sure that you make a lot of noise before they. When they I watched that them. Holly Berry movie, nine one one. Oh, that was a good one. Where she. I mean, okay, guys, there are some major tips there about the the kicking she off the smart. rear end light. She poured paint and was like, follow the trail. Yep. She, I mean, there was just Everything. so many yeah. wins. She got so lucky in so many different ways as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a decent movie until the ending gets a little unbelievable. But it's it was a really good movie. Um, but it does it teach your kids these things. Because I had a friend mm-hmm. whose kid was, the guy said, oh, I locked my keys in the car. Can you crawl through my trunk and get them? Hell no. And she was like, at first she was like, yeah, I want to help this guy. And then she was like, wait, what am I doing? So the guy grabbed her and started putting her in the car. Well, dad had made sure she took jujitsu. And she yes. didn't know a lot, but she knew enough to just hit the guy in the face over and over and over and over again until he finally was like, she's not worth it <laughs> to go off. Well, my daughter, I have told her time and time again, if you're being kidnapped and she knows exactly what to do, you kick him in the junk, you try to uh, take out their eyes, you bite, you eyes, scratch, ears, you nose. leave as much dna on yeah. them as possible and make as much noise as possible and she knows that she also knows if they try to choke her to chicken neck it like rubber neck it like make it so that they it's harder yes she's a child so of course it's going to be a little bit more difficult but still if she can do that and get her mouth down to where she can bite him you know those types of things were like very important so we go over consistently like in the event of what emergency what do you do um, well there are times when there's just there's there's not i mean this is not the, you're in a position. That's also true. Um, yeah. But I also highly suggest a taser. I'm not mad at the idea of a taser, especially those little flashlight tasers that double as the self-defense. Right. Take some self-defense classes, walk with purpose to your car, um, teach your kids everything, have a special code word, have, I mean, is, is it going to make you feel any safer? No. But it is something I would, I, I just wish they would teach it in school. Yeah. Honestly, I think they should teach it in every school. This is what you do. I mean, I've always said, I'm taking an eyeball. I may not get out of it, but I'm taking an eyeball. So if you see a one-eyed person, I, that's probably the that one. Because <laughs> I'm going for an eyeball. <laughs> I just think it's super important to just remember those things. and And then there are those stories that, you're really upset about because people lied about being kidnapped or they lied about their child being kidnapped. Yeah. Case in point is Casey Anthony. That story. I, I do personally, I do think so. I think it's a story for another time, but I do feel like she period. She lied about her child being kidnapped. We know that. Do we? We do. I think so. I don't think. That. If I mean, you, there was the sample the note stuff, but the last time I watched the documentary, I was on that boat, and then the more I got deep into it, I was like, I don't think she knew. Really? See, I don't I'm think her dad. I don't think. I don't think did. her dad did anything. I do, however, think that she because she was lying. I mean, 
how could you be lying so much about a person, like lying about your nanny? You don't have a nanny. You don't even know that person. Yeah, I think you know, she had I, some problems there in the was first place. Something. I don't know that she, I know that she lied about the kidnapping. I think it's very possible that she did a number of things or a number of things happened. I just don't believe that the yeah. child was kidnapped, yeah. you know? And then there's stories like where women have said that they were kidnapped and they weren't at case in point was a recent um, story where a woman had supposedly been kidnapped for a while. She was tortured. Well, she did all this to herself and then she admitted to what she had done. Well, but then what about the young lady who was a victim that admitted to what she was done, that admitted to lying about the assault? And it turned out that she only did that because the cops told her that they were going to send her to jail for lying if she didn't tell the truth. And they weren't believing her. And it turned out later that, no, absolutely, she was assaulted. There was proof of it. Oh, and I believe there are some stories where people are, are say things that yeah. they, you know, said because they were scared. Yeah. And I do think there's also instances where they they lied about something yeah. and then told the truth. That's later why the repercussions should be more, which is why it's really, really hard because there's so much back and forth. You want to believe every person who says that they think yeah. you want to believe that nobody wants to, you want to err inside of the kidnapper yeah. or not the kidnapper. Sorry. That, not, not the, the kidnapper, kidnapper of the kidnappy, the person who supposedly yeah. was kidnapped. Yeah. Like, and that's why you say allegedly, the and when you say allegedly, right. Yes. When you say allegedly, you're not saying that it's not true, but you're also not saying that it is true. You're saying that this person is right. alleging. Well, you also don't want to ruin happened. somebody's life who didn't do anything right. because they're, it, it's, a, it's, it's a very fine line. You know, and this is kind of like I've said before, at one point I am a bystander that has nothing to do with the situation. I just reading a news article or a flash right. on Facebook or whatever. Maybe I just hold off judgment completely until yeah. Like, that's what the court system's for. Like, that's what... Well, and that's why the most recent case, um, and I'm trying to remember the name, but she had said she experienced a lot of things. She came back, and she lived, like, a few years, and then more evidence arose, and she admitted to what she was doing and what had happened. Did she get $7 million? <laughs> well, they got money. So they had yeah, gotten sorry, money. They had gotten money by doing like a GoFundMe, oh, and oh. um, and so she got all this money. GoFundMe, the fuel for liars. But she oh. didn't have to. Yes, and she didn't have to pay for any of her medical bills. She didn't have to pay for any of the, which is understandably like thank God for other people who help out. But like she got to keep so much money, and then turn around and find out that she was lying it's, and it's like so wrong oh, because you so know sad. how many other people actually use those sites to do fundraisers that for things like i know somebody yeah, whose yeah. hamster had gallbladder issues recently and the mom was like it's a four dollar hamster if you can raise the twelve hundred dollars so they did a gofundme she did a gofundme she raised twelve hundred dollars wow. her hamster is doing fine did not even know they made little cones for hamsters like the dogs of shame. <laughs> but they do. Um, and I hope that little muffins or mittens or whatever is doing is. great. And but I think that's, I think that's so it's such a cute story. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like GoFundMe is amazing because they do so much they can do so much for people. Yeah. But it's also really, really sad when people are taking advantage, advantage of, of it. it. 
So yeah. it's, it's very, like I said, everything has a very fine line that it walks. And, you know, we may agree, may disagree with any of my statements, but at the same time, what, I, what is definite is it is just really unfortunate when people, yes, when things happen, when bad things happen to people and they don't get justice Yes. Or when things happen to people and they do get justice and it's not, it's not in it's the not way. Justice. Yeah, it's yeah. not really justice, you know? Yep, I agree. So that was my, that was my take on, on the recent, uh, you know, thought processes on how things have kind of changed. And the fact that we went from no phones at all to we can track everything we fucking do. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing, but I don't know that it's gotten... Better. Uh, no, it has technology. I mean, I remember when Facebook first came out and they said, you know, hey guys, I want you to understand some stuff about Facebook. And this guy shows up at this girl's school, sits next to her, and starts talking to her. And she's like, okay. And he starts saying, how's mittens? How's this? How's that? And she's like, great. She goes, I'm a friend of your dad's. And he, she goes, oh, okay. And then she like lightened up and started talking to him. She goes, you need a ride home afterwards. I'll give you a ride home. I live in the neighborhood. She's like, oh, okay. And he's like, okay, I just want you to know that I'm actually an undercover news reporter. I think, I can't remember what, oh my God. I can't remember what news station it was. He's like, I actually have never met your dad. And she's like, oh my God. And he's like, I found you from your Facebook page. And she, she's like, but I didn't say where I, who I am. I didn't say where at school I went to. She goes, he said, yes, you but you posted and, pictures yeah. and you had your cheer uniform on in one of the pictures and something about your animals. And you had purple them. and yeah. He's like, you said a lot of stuff, even though you didn't put your real address yeah. that I had, I, he, he's like, do you want to know how long it took me to find you? And she said. Yeah, because I guess her parents knew. He got a hold of the parents and stuff. Obviously, he goes, he goes I asked your parents' permission this morning. Wow. I literally... To see what they would reached do. ...reached out to your parents via Facebook to let them know I was going to do this. And they also had the parents' information because she had in there that those were her parents. And yeah. all the parents' pictures, everything that they had... It is so easy to find out no matter how much somebody knows about you, yeah. they don't know you. Like it's, it's a stranger's a stranger. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until you physically see them with your parents or physically see them like in a setting where it's safe. Well, and even know, then, that's why you have a code word. But yeah, right. no, it's, I think that the, the phones have made it almost easier for the Pokemon Go, the I mean, they're, they're great and they're fun, but you really, really, really need to educate your, your young. I, I, right. I'm glad that I haven't have to deal with that part of it anymore, but um, yeah. 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 No, that's crazy. Well, key takeaways from today, uh, go see The Black Phone. It is really, really good. Yes. Read the short story by Joe Hill, um, who is Stephen King's son. Fascinating, right? Yep. And uh, please remember that the safety, check your surroundings. Always make sure that you are safe. Eyes, ears, nose. Eyes, ears, nose. Run. In the event somebody tries to do something. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed just kind of giving you guys some some of my stories and advice yeah. and all that jazz. I guess so. That's why you did a podcast. Right. That's, That's why we do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you have something to listen to later. Okay. <laughs> I'm you. Audrey. I'm Kelly. We'll see you next time. Bye.